that is why how the new contemplation process should be more about yes i know the keywords and that is a still key process in understanding people's needs and how they search for your topic it should come as no surprise that ann and her talented team founded a boutique agency called smarty marketing dedicated to helping others and tapping into their vast collective resource of knowledge and smarty is gifted young woman who possesses an incredible amount of knowledge and experience in SEO and of course marketing. Her expertise transcends her age, leaving audiences in awe. And now she has embarked on a new adventure, a podcast called Smarty Live. Here, she shares her wisdom and expertise with her fellow enthusiasts. I'm Anne Smarty. I have been in SEO industry for 20 years now, close to 20 years. I'm not really sure anymore. And now I'm the co-founder of Smarty Marketing. Finally, I'm the uh, I have my own agency, so that's exciting. And we do SEO audits, uh, linkable content, uh, SEO-driven editorial calendars, all of that fun. So today, um, this is my first live streaming on LinkedIn. So it's going to be regular, hopefully, event this Wednesdays. Uh, this time on Wednesdays, come join me every week. And um, today is an exciting topic and nothing new, but very fundamental and important for the future of organic findability. So today's topic is site-wide signals that Google is using based on their documentation and based on what they're saying. So there is there are no signals that are myths or something that we came up with. It is all based on what Google tells us. Uh, we don't know exactly what each signal looks like when it's the part of the algorithm. So that's an important note. But we know that Google considers something sidewide when evaluating every page rankings and it's a very important topic in SEO. I forgot to mention that I do send LinkedIn newsletters every Tuesday and those are going to be the topics that I'm going to cover on those uh, live events as well. If you have any questions feel free to ask them on LinkedIn. Uh, my LinkedIn newsletter you can find it when you go to my profile and Smarty on LinkedIn and scroll down to see it's called Smarty Digest. So it's it has a good archive of uh, past newsletters that I sent. Most of them are SEO related and many of them are also involving AI topics and how those two could be combined. So go through archives as well, read something, maybe you will find something useful. And uh, Sidewide uh, Signals, is particularly my recent newsletter that is on top of that archive as well. I mean, there are quite a few good uh, newsletters, but um, it's very tough to choose one. So I'm trying to make mine very clutter-free so there are not too many things to uncover in every episode, but it's always something actionable that you can take home and experiment with or think about and improve your SEO strategy using those ideas. So I 
I've been known as a very actionable SEO for my whole career. So my newsletter has that element as well. Tomorrow we'll also do a quick Twitter chat, uh, answering any questions that you have and talking on uh, X spaces as well. Uh, if so, if anyone has any additional questions, insights, ideas, we are always welcome those. Definitely, there are not all answers. Um, I, I don't have all the answers, especially when it comes to the future of the online uh, discoverability because AI is changing things very fast. But um, I know quite a bit and I'm always welcome any additional insights as well because I'm eager to learn just like as everyone is who is doing SEO or who owns a business and is worried about how it's going to be discovered and found by Google, search generative experience or AI platforms that are quickly developing these days. So we are all in that together. <laughs> so let's discuss the today's topic. Um, though these live events will not be too long so that no one is tired or overwhelmed. Uh, we'll get right to the point. And the first question everyone is asking, why is it important for SEO to even think about sidewide um, metrics or signals that Google can be using? First of all, on-page SEO is very not as predictable as it used to be, but at least it's much easier to compare, to measure, to understand. On-page metrics, main on-page metrics are relevancy to the query, how good, how well it does of a job to satisfy those queries and give answers that um, are behind those search queries. And uh, also page rank, this link power that that page has both from external sources and from the intern from other pages of the same site as well so google crawls those links the better they are the more relevant they are the better they tell of a story what the target page is the higher the rankings the higher trustworthiness of the page this is also something we can access not just from our sites but for other for competitors pages as well using SEMrush, Ahrefs, Mars, or any other platform that you are using. And um, those, all of those on-page SEO schema that is being applied to that page, uh, link building, links that are pointing to that page, all of that visible, measurable, and can be compared to your competitors. So in some way, it is something we can predict and we can understand. When it comes to side-wide uh, metrics, that is much more vague, but it is no less important for rankings. And that's why this is something where we are focusing on today to help you understand what else can contribute to your competitor overranking you, for example, or what else should be done for my pages to do better in search. And uh, if you, Go to my newsletter, you will be you will have the good text representation of what I'm saying today. If not, I will cover it really quickly, hoping that you will have some additional questions as well. There are three main signals that we know of from Googlers. And again, those are not probably how they are called internally, because how they are translated to the algorithm is an absolutely different story from what Google tells us. But we know at least that they're being taken into account and 
how they look like. So those three are topical authority of the site or of the author that is associated with that site. The second one is site uh, content quality, not just for that page, but for the most of the site that Google has scrolled and indexed. And the third one is the most important for me is the reputation of the site in terms of how good of a job it has been doing to attract links, to get talked about, to create good content that is high quality. If there were any bad signals that that site ever sent to Google, so like historical records of that site and its reputation in terms of SEO and whether it was following the rules, whether it was impacted by any penalties in the history of that domain, uh, whether it is good signals like what, has it been trustworthy and authoritative for the whole history of that site and had never had any problems with Google. <clears throat> we'll go from each for we'll go one by one here to quickly explain which uh, whatever of those signal means. The first one is topical authority. It is not as well covered by Google when it comes to their communicating to us what they're using in the algorithm. But there are quite a few mentions of that and um, that where Google implied that they were using it. And the topic authority, as the name suggests, is how, how good of a job a particular site has been doing of covering a particular topic and getting external signals that are relevant to that topic as well. We know exactly why Google is using it from their Google News documentation. And basically that documentation says, we don't necessarily rank original sources on top. We don't necessarily rank you number one for a query just because you are the source of that news or you covered it, uh, one of the first to cover it. What we do instead, we figure out platforms that are topic authority on that topic, on that particular uh, news that is being uh, ranked. And we make sure that that page that, that is hosted on that trusted domain that is known as a topical authority for that, we rank it higher than any other sources. And at that point, everyone started talking about that topical authority and what it could mean. There are a few patterns. I think one is major one talking about that, but it's very old. We don't know exactly if Google is using that or not, but it talks about the amount of content specifically on that particular topic is being published on the site. If it's a lot, then it's more topical authority. That if you just read, wrote a couple of articles on that topic, you probably are not expert on that. This is on site. Another implication of that is from Google helpful content, uh, update and documentation that says, do you have a specific niche or angle that you're covering, or you just write about anything? In the first case, it's very easy for Google to tell, hey, this site is always specifically covering this and not always going outside of that topic. So they must be topical authority in that. And in the second case, when you just write about anything, when you feel inspired, it makes it very hard for Google to define your topical 
expertise. So the uh, takeaway from here is that you do need a niche for Google to know you by that expertise, that specific topic. And you don't need necessarily to go outside of that area too much, or you will probably have to have a different website where you can write about, about other stuff that you're interested in. So niche is very important because that's how Google knows you. You're interested, you have expertise and knowledge about a particular topic. Another side-wide signal is content quality. And it's a bad signal because if your content is good, Google would not care. But if they find a big percentage of poor written, over-optimized, um, non-satisfying, non-helpful content on your site, it will tank it all. So this uh, amount of poor quality content can impact the whole site. It makes it very difficult to diagnose which exactly content uh, was deemed to be unhelpful and use, not useful and poor because the whole site is struggling. It has been around since early days. If anyone remembers Panda, that when it started the first time when Google said, hey, you can have five good pages on your site, but the other 100 are all SEO repurposed, not human written content. So because of those 100 uh, bad pages, your five good pages will not rank as well. And that was the first time we've heard about this sidewide uh, signal that can hurt your whole site, even if some of those pages are really good, are really outstanding. And from that point of view, uh, from, the, from those times, we know that um, if you have a lot of dynamic content on your site, you better no index it because it could hurt you. With unhelpful content, which in my point of view is uh, the evolution of Panda, because it has the same principle. If most of your content has been determined by Google as unhelpful, and in their documentation, the unhelpfulness is mostly about targeting SEO uh, traffic instead of people. So if, if your content is created just for keywords and there is a clear pattern of optimization for those keywords, there is a good signal for Google to say, hey, this is not for people, this is for us. It's, so it's not helpful and your whole site can be struggling just because of those. This is site uh, makes it again very hard to determine which exactly pages were deemed unhelpful. But if your whole site has been impacted by helpful content update, it's probably most of your site. So it's it requires the whole um, change in your content strategy, optimization strategy, and in some ways, since Panda when they were just clearly telling us, hey, probably you just need to start a new site. <laughs> uh, sometimes that was, that was something we had to do. But um, it's still there. It's just a little bit harder to understand what Google really wants because with Panda, all the signals were very clear. This is the repurposing the same content from keyword to keyword, and you have thousands of pages that add no value to the website. And when you exactly what Google wanted. These days, it's a little bit trickier and requires a little bit more of um, 
experimentation because recovering is not as easy as it was with Panda. And the third signal, which is the most interesting to me, because from my early days in SEO, Google would not admit that they have that signal at all, is the historical records of the site. I would say, hey, you had a manual penalty, for example, and you have recovered from it because you did all the required actions. We save no history of that penalty. Now you're clean. You can just go ahead and continue your existence. These days, they do admit that there is a reputation of the site. And as I translate that word, reputation is something historical, something that you have been doing in the past. And it is not easy to get rid of that reputation. It has been mentioned in several in an array of Google documentation as well. Go ahead, click the links in that newsletter to read it. And it does go back quite some time as well. But now they just keep talking about the reputation of the site. It makes it also very hard to understand what Google, why, if, if you feel like your site is great and you have great links from pages like, I don't know, CNN, New York Times, you should be ranking, but you're not. That is a good signal to think about the reputation. And the scary thought here is that it could have been your domain that you bought, for example, and it carried over the reputation with it. Even though Google does tell us that we know when the domain is changing ownership, but it is very important when you're buying a domain to check its history with Google and, and see if there are any huge dips in traffic, huge dips in visibility. That could be a signal that there is a bad reputation behind that domain and you don't want to start your business with that entity because it could be hard to get rid of. So this is one part of... Um, uh, of that signal. Okay. Rush goes far back uh, to the history of the domain and how it has been performing in Google as well. HF. So if you have any SEO tools that can um, get us tracking uh, organic visibility and you are considering buying an established domain, both of those tools, Wayback Machine and um, uh, one of the SEO platforms, are very important to check. So definitely, especially like if you check um, Wayback Machine and there were casino on that side or something illegal or something very shady. So you need to stay away from that because it, will, it may not be very easy to get rid of that reputation with Google. The other part of here of this is that it's not just about choosing the domain with a good reputation, it's, it could be your business as well. If you were suffering from poor link building tactics, for example, and there are many businesses who have no idea and they would buy those poor quality links. And in the past, Google would penalize for that very easily. It's not as common these days, but still, there is a good reason to think that this reputation can be carrying over to these days as well. And here, what you can do is to change the way you do those, get more more and more good signals, good 
have, I don't know, some reports, infographics being published on your site that bring in high quality signals. And those include brand mentions and great links from very trusted platforms that Google would follow those links, come to your site again and again. And with every signal like that, the good reputation will at some point overweigh and you will be ranking better. So improving your reputation is possible, but it does require a change in how you are building content and how you're acquiring links. So those three major signals that we know from Google that it is using to rank your pages are important to know because it's something you need to focus on going forward. That includes becoming a brand, and an expert in one of, on, on the topic that you want to acquire customers for and get organic traffic for. Get, change your content quality the way that it targets people more than search engines. So even if keyword research is still important, but instead of just using that keyword all over the page, the thought process should be what people that are searching for that keyword are thinking about what they need what what they're looking for i do have a custom gpd that is helpful with helping with that part you just put a query there and it will tell you here are the needs the search intent here are the possible buyer personas that are using that query and how to better help them how which content elements or page elements could be particularly helpful for each persona targeting this, uh, searching for this query. So try that. Um, so that's, that is why, how the new content creation process should be more about, yes, I know the keywords and that is a still key process in understanding people's needs and how they search for your topic. But instead of just applying it to your copy, you need to be thinking, how can I help those searches better and how, which questions I need to answer and how to lay out your page the way that could, they could quickly find what they are looking for. And finally, for reputation, building up a good reputation is very important because it makes your site stronger and more consistent. If you, even if you had some bad history with Google, or even if you didn't, you never know what the future is going to be. So it, Investing in high quality signals, building your brand recognition and awareness, know, knowing what you're writing and for who, not just creating content to get links, but creating really good content that get, gets links and they, it gets links by its own, not necessarily you need to go and buy those things. So the content that's linkable is very important these days for that so um, that is the fundamental steps to making sure that side white links are good and they are not hurting your pages and they are helping them to rank, contributing to those higher rankings. None of, this, none of those can be measured, but you can get signals from Google uh, if there is anything wrong or if it considers someone a topical authority. For example, if you're inviting a person to be your podcast guest or interview someone, you can search for their name and see if there is a knowledge panel. That's a great signal that Google knows that's an expert in that niche. Making those connections with other, other experts and brands 
keeping your content uh, good enough, good, very good and very satisfying for searches and building, building up your good reputation so that it is not as easy for Google to decide, hey, you have a bad reputation. All those good records, all those good signals protect you uh, from being considered a poor brand or something of low quality. But we are here to help anyone who has no time. We are experts in uh, fixing SEO strategies the way it's helpful today and going forward. Because all of those signals, if you think about that, are important for AI findability as well. Because unless you have great content that is being linked to, AI would not know about it, and so they would not highlight your brand in their answers when people are asking them how to do that and how to find a, a good company that does that. Um, so building that reputation is important, not just today, but going forward, it will help you get findable in other ways, not just Google search engines. So it's all, it takes time, but it's all rewarding in the, for the, ongoing uh, success and findability of your site. And it's always welcome to get in touch with us, but I think that a lot of that work should be kept in the company as well, because all of that, all of those, all of that data, all of those lessons that you're going to learn when building your topical authority or becoming an expert or reaching out to other experts in your niche and building connections with them, all of those have that accumulative process uh, benefit that you will rely on going forward. If you are good and if you set up a good expert relationship management strategy, you will keep in touch with those experts and they will be linking to your site or coming to your, uh, to your content and providing you with quotes or even recommending you to others. So it's... Um, Strategies like that are long-term and you do not necessarily need someone to handle them. You can get advice, audit, you can get help in terms of um, analysis of how you're currently standing and what are your priorities. Some businesses do not need to be a topical authority because those are very niche uh, services or products you don't need if you're a plumber <laughs> there is no way pro providing those services you don't necessarily need to be known as an expert in anything so you have a different priority you have to look at your site and see are there any other things that you need to be looking at so it's not like you need to be expert just because you want to be found. Different sites have different uh, ways to achieve findability. Those are fundamental steps uh, that apply to most, but not everyone. So an SEO strategy is designed to help you find the direction, but keeping much of it in-house is always a good idea because you will learn more about your audience. You will learn uh, more about experts in your niche. You will learn more about how to satisfy your clients, how to communicate with them, how to create content that's more helpful, particularly for those customers. So it's, um, it's a lot of work, but it's very rewarding in terms of becoming a better business and getting found not just through Google, but through recommendations, AI platforms and all of that. So yeah, tomorrow we have a Twitter chat uh, as well. 
to talk about this topic and hopefully cover more answer more questions that anyone may have um so see you tomorrow is it 1 p.m or noon 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 eastern time <laughs> uh, so hopefully we will once we are more comfortable with the setup we will start bringing guests to discuss those topics and um feel free to uh, ask your questions and we will cover those whenever you need any help uh we are very open to making those uh, topics of our live streams and twitter chats thank you and see you all tomorrow Don't miss out on her live sessions on LinkedIn every Wednesday, where she'll take you to the thrilling journey into the world of SEO and marketing. To join her, the team, and others in discussing the podcast in the community of like-minded professionals such as yourself. Ask questions and possibly even be featured on a future podcast. You never know when Anne is at the helm with this Smarty Live phenomenon. This podcast was mastered by Seaside Record Studios out of Los Angeles, California. One of the Michael and Debra Anderson.